podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Oh, we're going to at Greg when he's in the waiting room. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast. A soccer, yeah, back to the soccer, not football version of the Touchline Media Group, um, because soccer. Uh, I'm your host, Asa, a.k.a. The Twig. I'm here with my co-host, Napoleon Greg, uh, a.k.a. The Stump, as well as our other co-host from the Canadian Rockies, Sam Squamish himself, Kevy Case. Um, this episode is brought to you by the Smith Work Horse Management Group, whoever Blue Air decides to put in, bird dogs. Um, and, uh, I guess the, the, the first thing that I want to talk about, which I think is really the most important thing, is, um, why is it that when we export our national game to Ireland, we send them the worst possible outcome, which is Notre Dame? Like, I understand their name is the Fighting Irish, but like, I don't. I, I think Nebraska versus Northwestern is a better game to send Ireland than Notre Dame versus anybody. How do you guys feel about this? I, if the if the uh, broadcast is to be believed, the majority of the people there had traveled from the U.S. anyway. So I don't know if that's as big of an issue. If we're talking about pure entertainment value for the people of Ireland, I agree. Nebraska Northwestern. Um, I still think Navy's a good choice, but we can do like we could do like Navy versus Army over there. That'd be hilarious. I don't know that we should be exporting our military to Ireland. Like just That's like as like the a joke. We're not England. If we're, we're not England. If we're going to lean into the Fighting Irish, great. If we're going to just stick with some types of some form of a stereotype, they should really be playing the University of Idaho, given the the potato uh, uh, connection. Um, no, that would give us in- PS- PTSD. That's not fair. Well, no, no. Uh, Irish versus potatoes has is a long-standing rivalry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it didn't go well for them. Well, look, I, I, the Irish did a really good job against the potatoes. Right? They won a lot of battles against the potatoes, and then the potatoes came back and really, really won for a couple years in a row there uh, <laughs> with lingering effects. Right. Yeah. So, if we're was- gonna do like what could. What could haunt them the most? It would be therefore an Idaho school, and also, um, what's JMU's mascot again? Um, I don't. I think Ireland is pro pro American Revolution, given their deep deep hatred for the English. Yeah, but I thought JMU was like the Deans or something. It, it, it something like that. Why? Yeah, because then there it's an English landholder. There's oh. no nobles. Oh, oh, so, 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 yeah, okay. But the name of the college is uh, is a very famous, um, you know, what the British would, would it's call. It's the Dukes! It's, it's the, the Dukes! Should we send Duke? Yeah, I think we should send Duke and JMU. Duke versus the Dukes. Um, this is the soccer part of this podcast, so I, I guess we should... Um, we should talk about that, because today we got a... Uh, well, there, there are two pieces of... of media i suppose we should talk about one of them sort of narrative and one of them sort of um actual actual news so do you guys want to do uh narrative or news first 
narrative. The news is boring. All right, cool. Um, Greg Berhalter has not talked to Gio Reyna yet. Yep, that's um, good. I it, like that's I, how adults solve their problems by passively aggressively talking about it in the media. In Vanity Fair, specifically. And on August thirtieth, twenty twenty three, if you'd have asked me six months ago. How many times would you have had conversations with Gio Reyna versus Greg Berhalter? I would have hammered the over on Greg Berhalter. I did not expect this to be a push situation. So um, things are not going how they're supposed to be. I think my favorite part of that article was when the person was like, hey, how's your relationship with Claudio? And he was like, I don't want to talk about it, uh, which yes. is just great, which is just just lovely, um, lovely work by everybody involved. Um, do you think, I mean, just like hypothetically, if you were going to hire a coach and that coach had very public beef, that was his fault. Make make no mistake. The public aspect of this was 1000% Berhalter's fault. Um, no, what? No, that's Danielle, Danielle Reyna's fault. No, the public part is Berhalter's fault because he decided to talk about it in public. Because she threatened to blackmail him. No, with it. he did it to prove a point at a leadership conference about how smart and great he was. The blackmailing happened in private. Again, all of this stuff happened in private. The only reason it came out was because Burhalter was talking shit about Gio Reyna at a leadership conference to talk about how great he was as a leader. The uh, irony okay. abounds, yes. <laughs> um, but so, so like, I feel like before I hired him, I probably would have been like, hey, heads up. Uh, condition precedent to you signing this contract is you uh, squashing the beef with, at the very least, Gina, Gina, uh, Geo, but like Gina. ideally, ideally the entire Reyna family. Um, and we have a lot of, a lot of uh, resources that we can use. Um, Burhalter has said that he has reached out to a number of mediation experts, notably not the Smith Mediation Center, which I find a little offensive. Uh, I'm, the, I'm taking note of that, but also I would like to the, point I'm out. I'm just saying it's a premier mediation center in southeastern Michigan. Why would you not contact the Smith Mediation Center for all of your mediation needs in southeastern Michigan, specifically family law? But we handle other things. And oh, this, is, this, is, this is family law. Integrated yeah. marketing. Uh, I think yeah. that answers your question, though, because I think that tells you which side U.S. Soccer Federation is going to come down on if they don't make a condition precedent to uh, squashing the beef with our second, no, now third best t- attacking player. Uh, first. First best attacking player. Balogun? Uh, no. Reyna. Reyna is still, is is better than Balogun. What about AC Milan, Christian, the god, Bellamicio, Bellamicio, or however the hell you say that. I don't speak Italian, Pulisic. Um, yeah, so I, I think, uh, current version, well, we'll talk about current version Pulisic, but I don't believe (laughs) it's it's two games. It's it's two games. Um, they were two that's really representative. Good games. Yeah, that's representative. Um, yeah. Um, so I I think like um just like in terms of of this Vanity Fair article, which I think is funny because it's it's obviously like was put in by Berhalter, who is very media savvy. Say what you will about Greg Berhalter, he is very media savvy and he knows how to deal with this shit. Um, he, he doesn't come off looking all that great. At the very least, he doesn't come off looking all that in control because. It's it's like if it were only him versus Claudio and Danielle, then it would be fine, right? Like he could come out looking good. Gio is a child and you are a coach. 
you can't you can't be the well he hasn't reached out to me either. He's like, nineteen, Greg. Like you gotta you gotta step up there, coach. Um I look, again, I've said this before, I'm a coach. Occasionally players of mine have gotten pissed off at me, and I reach out to them because they are children and I am an adult. Those are legitimate children, though. Giorena is a, a nineteen-year-old. is a legitimate child. No, he's a multi-million-dollar adult athlete. He's a teenager. I was going to say, what were you doing when I, you were nineteen? Yeah, let's talk about the, the emotional not, maturity of the nineteen-year-olds yeah, well, in this chat. <laughs> I'm gonna give you a hint. True. Mine wasn't high. I can also I can also vouch. Aces wasn't either. I don't. I did. I don't think that I knew Kevin when he was nineteen. But if his brother is any indication, also not great. <laughs> I, I was much better we than that. We, 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 we can't judge Kevin by the sins of Mike. That's, a, that's not going to go well. Anyways, you, the point is, is you, that if he was twenty-five years old, would you have like a different opinion of the situation? Yes, hundred percent. Okay, I still think 100%. I still think Burhalter should be the one to reach out. But yes, yes. I think that is. I think it Coach, is less. It's less dirty to be saying he hasn't reached out in Vanity Fair if he's 25. If 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 Gio Reyna was 25, what I would say is Gio probably at this point knows that he has to fix this issue that, while is not his fault, does affect him. So just be an adult, get over it, and yeah, whatever. Um, but no, Gio is still, as far as I'm concerned, a child. So yeah, um, it's and he's it's, a special. He's special. If he was, if he was Georgie Mihailovic or Matthew Hockey, I would not give a fuck. It's exactly what I was going to say. It was Georgie Mihailovic. If he was anyone else but Giorena, I would be like, ah, whatever. Like the juice Christian Pulisic, squeeze, move on. Yeah, there's like, there's Christopher probably eight Lund. dudes. There, there's probably right. eight dudes. There are probably eight dudes in the U.S. setup who I would say like it's the coach needs to go and deal with that. Um, right. And it's John like Polisic, Wea, Balligan, no, Dest, um, you know, Geo. Uh, um, at this point, I'm going to say Tim Ream. Um, and I don't think no. That Tim good. Ream is a Tim Ream is a grown ass man. Tim Ream would have Tim never let it. Tim, Tim Ream is the one who calls Greg and's like, we? "How are you doing, buddy? Let's yeah. talk this through." <laughs> Greg, you had a rough week, huh? We, we need to recycle a, a pod and we'll release it. Like the next time that Tim Ream puts together like an absolute master class for the men's national team, maybe like next year at like Copa or something, we need to have like AI listen back through all of our episodes and like flag every time we talked about Tim Ream and then just do like a mashup of every time we buried that man on this podcast. We, we talked a lot of shit about Tim Ream on this podcast. Yes. Um, but I would, I would say of note, just like sort of, as we're talking about Burhalter, and like I, I guess like a, an unfortunate thing about this is that you know I was on this Burhalter. I was never a Burhalter hater. I, I always felt that Burhalter sort of was not given a fair shake by a lot of fans simply because his style's boring as shit. Um, but like I think like the reality is is that like his whole thing was man management, and he is really screwing that up right now. So I, I don't I don't want to get into a situation where we're constantly talking about this, but um, I feel like he he I thought I feel like a lot of the animosity came from his 
call-up decisions being terrible. His style is not great. But I don't know if he was a – I don't know. I never thought of him as, like, a man manager. I guess he he repaired a broken locker room after, like, the Quinsman Arena debacle. So I always thought of him more as almost like a recruiter. Like, to your point earlier with, like, being media savvy. Like, this is a guy who can somehow go into the room with highly coveted – Oh, my God. We have James Franklin. <laughs> no. Oh, dear. <sighs> Maybe you might no. be right. Anyway, it would be funnier if it was Bobby Petrino, but we're not that good at offense here. No, James Franklin at least makes the right roster decisions, and then he screws it up. Greg uh, likes to screw up the whole process. I, but good I, at the recruiting. I, yeah, he's once he gets him in the door, I want to give him a benefit of the doubt on the man management side. We weren't in the locker rooms in Qatar to see just how uh, irritating Gio was. And based on, I don't know him personally, in real life, he's probably a fine person, but I, I see glimpses of personality with him on the field. I'm like, oh, that guy could be super annoying if he decides yes. to be like a little shit. So I, I wonder if there's an element too where a lot of these players also aren't. If you just welcome back with open arms, like, oh, you're just so good, like we can't help ourselves. Like, I don't know if, if there is like an element where like some of the team may have been upset with the situation. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate to think well, of why he could otherwise be... The report said the team had reached out to Geo and had discussed with Geo because they did under assistant strength and conditioning coach while Greg was on his sabbatical. So the report... Really. I mean, I, we, we can't... I, we are not insiders. We cannot verify that the team actually reached out, but the reports were that the team had reached out and had discussions with Geo, specifically Tim Ream, and I think Polisic was one of the other ones. So like, Bear. yeah, I, and that part of that would also fall on, I would think, would be Tim Ream as well, because I think that as you know, a forty-seven-year-old and the oldest guy in that locker room, there is a certain <clears throat> onus on you to not necessarily control your younger players or your more talented players. But Tim Ream's been a lot around for a while, and Tim Ream is not somebody who got to where he is. No offense to him, strictly on his skill level. There is a certain um, leadership quality uh, and, you know, that sort of internal stuff that makes Tim Ream stand out. So I think that assuming that Tim Ream hadn't reached out at all would be kind of missing the mark. He seems like the kind of guy that would do it. Uh, whether or not he pulled in Christian or, you know, Serginia Dust or anything else isn't really the question. But again, I would think that. Tim Ream was the one to reach out. Jim, Gio, Rian, Gio Reina didn't go up to Tim Ream and say, hey, can I address the team? Mm-hmm. So I think I think the, the, the point is here is that, like, and, and look, I don't really want to relitigate the what happened in Qatar because, yeah, we, we don't know what happened. And it, it also sort of doesn't matter because it was, what, 10 months ago, nine months ago? Um. And so, well, like it does still kind. Of, well, the actual actions in Qatar don't matter, right? The That's what I'm are, saying. Okay, yeah, right, yeah. Right, yeah. So, so what I'm saying is, is that assuming, assuming that we do have a situation where, you know, it is in all of our best interest to move on, and I think everybody agrees with that, right? Like, I don't think that there is a a, a single person involved in in the in the sort of setup, um who who doesn't believe that this needs to go away 
right? Reyna's, Berhalter's, um, you know, Matt Crocker. I got, hold on, hold on. At some point, he's going to say something that we don't like, and someone has to say Matt Croc of shit, right? Like, that's yep. that's a thing that, that okay. Bank, banking that one. All right, thank you. Um, <clears throat> so I, I think, like, my view of it and, and what I want sort of going forward is that I, th- I think that we as a soccer-playing country have such, like, and, and, like, Christian said it, what, was it during Nations League or or during one of those windows, I don't know, where he was like, this is the most, like, youth soccer bullshit ever, and it needs to stop. <laughs> um, like, I, I think that, like, we we just sort of, like, would love to move past whatever the, the 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 hell is going on, whereby we have these issues. And part of that is on Berhalter for being, for thinking that he could get away with throwing a player under the bus in any sort of public forum. Part of this is on the Reyna family, not Geo, family, for being them. And part of this uh, is, is, yeah, is for being the Jersey parents. Correct. But, but just like, look, like it is what it is. I don't, I don't need to talk more about that. And, and part of this is on, is on us soccer itself where it's like, look, you invited this, you invited this when you rehired Burhalter, who is not an elite coach, good coach. Sure. But he, 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 he hit the, 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 like the minimum required um, benchmark to be a, a whatever U.S. soccer coach, which is you make the World Cup, you challenge for Gold Cups, you win domestic, you know, the CONCACAF tournaments or come in second or third. And at the World Cup, you get second in your group and lose in the round of 16. That's what we do. Like, that is really what America's level is. Um, and so, like, Berhalter didn't do anything special. What he did, he did have a couple of, like, nice tactical things that I liked. Going from a 4-3-3 to a 4-4-2, in defense midway through the world cup was like a really nice tactical decision. And if you want to say like, we never got to see what, what he would do if Tyler Adams wasn't there, you did sort of because his staff showed you what they wanted to do. Um, I know you guys really care, but you, I, I think all of us just got the same notification. The Tanner Testament scored against Sampdoria. So, you know, good. On I you. sure did. Good on you, Tanner. Um, he's still out there. He's still out there. 20- uh, Playing in Serie B, which is apparently a level that you can get called up from, um, but mm. but I I think like ultimately my takeaway from this whole thing, the Vanity Fair article and and sort of beyond, is like cool, great, can we please move on? Pretty please with a cherry on top, and whether that and and the next time Berhalter puts a, a piece in the media from him that which is what this is, make no mistake, um. The answer to the question of have you talked to Gio Reyna is, of course I have, because you will have done that because it's not that hard. You have his phone number. You have unlimited miles on Delta. You can fly to freaking Germany. What if he, what if he doesn't have Gio's number? That would be very funny. If he's been communicating through Claudio all this time and has never actually spoken to Gio directly, very funny. Or, or anybody else. Yeah. Like, Hey, Christian, can you text Gio? Uh, you'd be surprised how often that happens. Um, but I, I, I think that like, ultimately that's, that's my sort of, my, my sort of takeaway. Um, we have to address it because it's a thing that keeps happening. Um, actually, I, I, I saw that, that, that video got passed around again, the fight of nickel for every time I had to discuss one of our best players getting, or one of our coaches getting blackmailed by one of our best players. I did two nickels, <laughs> just a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. Um, <laughs> 
So I, I think that's that. Um, do you guys have any other thoughts or are we going to take an early commercial break before we, we talk about this roster? Uh, I don't think it's a, I think it, I don't think it's a coincidence that every time that Christian Pulisic plays really well, he has Papa Olivier Giroud hanging around. So I think the answer is to try and make Olivier Giroud uh, follow one time switch. We just need better looking strikers. Bellingham's yes, pretty good. And oh, by the way, Owen Otisawi is He said good looking. He said good looking. Okay, fine, Owen. I'm just saying Owen Otisawi is still available. You have a weird fascination. We're going to unpack that one day. But before we unpack that, let's unpack the most comfortable shorts on the market. Bird dogs! You know, when Ace and I like to hang out, uh, we have a lot of things in common. And we like to go back and forth. But one of the biggest things we have in common is that neither of us likes to wear pants. Isn't that right, Asa? It's it's true. I um I you know, I say I don't like to wear pants, but I end up wearing pants a lot. Um, just because in my day-to-day life, I, I really don't have a lot of pairs of shorts that look good on me. Well, you know what you could find to help you look good in shorts? So that's the thing, is that I recently found a brand of shorts that does not make me look like a boxy fat person because bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the leg and thigh, giving me a truly sculpted look, which is what people say about me having given that I haven't been to the gym since 1988. Do uh, So these bird dogs, they sound very interesting. Is there anything you could compare them to? I, a consumer have a vast knowledge of other stretch khaki shorts, and I'm just looking for a comparison so that I can think of them together in my brain. So I, I certainly could mention another brand, um, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I'm not going to because I don't want to get sued, but if I were to compare it to something, I would compare it to a certain brand that um, has become very popular. They're very comfortable. Um, there's a lot of women's leggings uh, in their in their stuff. Um, I also actually happen to have a jacket from them. This isn't a Lululemon advertisement. Uh, I mean, a random company that I didn't just mention advertisement. It's a bird dogs advertisement, which is why I'm not going to mention that other company. But if I were going to mention that other company, it would be fairly similar to bird dogs. Okay, so we're not going to mention other companies. That's fair. I don't think we should do that. I think that's that's good uh, legal precedent there. But would you... Would you compare them to any other certain types of fabric, should we say? So I hate cotton um, for both uh, pragmatic and historical reasons. But Yeah, get fucked Eli Whitney. Yeah, specifically. Down with the cotton gin. <clears throat> and bird dogs fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. I mean, who even wears cotton? Like, really? People in North Carolina. Which we're not a huge fan of either. So should we, so that seems very interesting. I'm intrigued. I'd like to subscribe to your newsletter. Is there any sort of technological advances that these dogs of birds may have, you know, developed to help us overcome our cotton restrictive ways? Right. So the geniuses over at Bird Dogs, they looked at clouds. And the thing about clouds is that they're fluffy and they're made of water. And they produce acid rain sometimes. But they looked at these clouds and they said, what if we fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, and everybody loves khaki, 
but stretches so you get a waist slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. That sounds delightful. But how does those deal with smell? You know, there's always some smells wafting up. I, I, I'm not a big fan of that. Is there any way that these bird dogs have fixed that? You hadn't considered the smell. <laughs> smell. I hadn't considered the smell. In the, in, in the man with, in the land of stinky shorts, the man with half a nose is king. Bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long without having to do what we normally do, which is, you know, put half a bottle of baby powder uh, down your shorts, uh, which is actually a thing people do. Um, Anyways. (laughs) Okay. I am, you sold me. I'd like to subscribe to your newsletter. I'd like to, you know, subscribe, like, and share your podcast. Now, how would I go about finding these magical cloud knit bird dog shorts? You would go to bird dog, right. You'd go to birddogs.com slash pool and enter promo code pool for a free something style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash pool for a free blank style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Free redacted style tumbler. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. All right, so we have uh, an actual honest-to-goodness roster. Um, so, uh, I don't know. Let, let uh, how, how should we go through this? Do you want to go through it like... Uh, like we normally do, just uh, do, do you guys have any high level high level thoughts while I pull this up? What's this a Drake Kalender? The... What's a Christopher Lund? Yeah, that is. Uh... This is the least. You know that there are so many people on Twitter ready to absolutely like this on smash Twitter, yeah. Burhalter's face in when he called up. Uh, God, I don't. Love it at left back. That would be so is, funny. This is this is a with the players of healthy and available. This is almost like a Twitter poll roster. It's it's heavily Euro focused. It's very young. Some of the old villains like Tim Raymer are a hero right now. So him his inclusion like upsets no one. Like I think it's a almost pitch perfect roster. I can't think of who I'd want in or out. I mean, there's um, no Jesus Ferreira. Like, that's wild. Who, who in a million years thought that that? Like, we'll go top to bottom. Really. Plus. Yeah, so we'll go top to bottom. So the the but, but just go ahead, Kevin. I was gonna say just just wait though for Ferreira because I, I thought that he like sat last game for oh Dallas. yeah he gone he really he gone. gone. As, as, soon as, as soon as he's playing in Europe, he's going to be back on this roster and make it a split. Oh, yeah. Saudi uh, lead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, at Keeper, we have um, Matt Turner, Ethan Horvath, and Drake Callender. Um, I want to talk about Drake Callender first because it leads me to potentially a discussion about one of our midfielders. Um, there is an element of this that I think – like, look. The, the 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 conspiracy theories about MLS needing certain numbers of players, eh, I don't really buy it. I don't think that that's necessarily true. I do a little bit believe that MLS, when it doesn't matter, puts their finger on the scale. When they feel it doesn't matter, they put their finger on the scale. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that Messi's goalkeeper <laughs> happens to get called up um, 
to to be the third goalkeeper. I I find that interesting. That's what I'll say. I don't think that he's he's bad. I mean, he's he's obviously played a, a bunch of high leverage moments in the last what month and a half. Um, but I, I I don't know if at this point that's even like an MLS. That's almost like a U.S. Men's National Team move. It, it, it I feel like that could almost be the the USMNT trying to reach into the messy mania. Like Kramaski, and we'll talk about him. He's his own thing, but. I don't think that it's like the MLS who's like, oh, we need this guy to get exposure on the men's national team. I feel like it's like almost the other way around. No, that's what, what, say, what, I'm, what I'm saying. Uh, theory, is not that if their theory is let's bring in everybody who's ever played with Messi that we can, I don't think that's a bad theory. I think it's worth at least testing that hypothesis. I don't know. No, the, the lack of DeAndre Yedlin sort of undermines this to me a little bit. But um, mm-hmm. like, I, I think that like when I say like MLS has their finger on the scale, I'm saying that like, Maybe someone looked at this and was like, hey, hey uh, a lot of eyes on Drake Calendar right now. Let's throw him in. Um, but at, at, obviously, obviously at MLS or I, somewhere in the ecosystem, I think someone said that. Okay, interesting. Right. Um, but obviously, obviously, unless something catastrophic happens, this is Matt Turner's show and will continue to be forever. So wait, mm-hmm. I, have a, I kind of have a question-ish about that. Are we surprised that, I mean, he is playing in and out for Nottingham now. Are we surprised they released him for this, for this window? It's an, it's an official window. They have to. Oh. Yeah. It wasn't up to them. Um, and as for like him staying there, like, I don't think he's going to get passed up. He's their, he's their, he's their keeper. Um, there was like a rumor. His number two. He's also also there, right? (laughs) So like, it's fine. Um, I think I think it's it's interesting that it's Horvath. I think that Horvath might get one of these games, just sort of like, please, God, thanks for trying, buddy. Yeah, like just like please get a move. Um, I thought and I, I don't get it. That Nottingham I, was signing another goalie. I, I saw that too, but I don't think it happened. And I think that it was mm-hmm. probably released by an agent to make Manchester United pay more. Um, because mm-hmm. the guy the guy was also like rumored to United. Um. So in terms of in terms of the goalies, I mean, I, I don't think there's much to say other than like au revoir, Sean Johnson, we'll miss you. Yeah. Yeah. You cycle. Like, and and I like to be to be like like I want to be like legitimate right now. Like I actually will miss Sean Johnson. Because like it was nice seeing certain names on the roster who you're like, he'll be there. He'll be there, Sean Johnson. We miss you. Um but what about uh is there well so then if this is an official window and they had to release them, is there what's the narration around Gaga? Gaga's not I, I don't think Gaga is getting rated. Well it's 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 a question of like, do you want Gaga or do you want Horvath? And right now Gaga just moved to the yeah. to Belgium. He just got there. So like I think it was th- that wasn't probably like a like I think if Gaga was our our definite number one we would have called him in but I don't think he was going to play anyways he already got his move he got his loan he's playing game in game out like I don't I don't think you need it to we're playing stupid teams anyways so yeah leave him yeah these are friendlies why are we even playing why are we even playing why do we need to play our number one with a bullet let Hornvath take both Uh, because if you called up like a bunch of MLS goalies and left all of our good guys in Europe Greg Berhalter would be getting doxxed right now on the internet. Blamed on, yeah, okay, fair. But but also like I think that there's something to be said for like, okay, like we need to get these minutes because we're not gonna have qualifying. 
right? So like we don't have mm-hmm. qualifying to get these minutes together to play. So so like yeah, we're playing Oman and and Uzbekistan, but that's like I mean, is that is that that much better or worse than playing against say I don't know Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Honduras? Like they're, they're, they're sort of like. Yeah, they're about the same. I'll, I'll save you some time. They're about the same. They're in the like FIFA like forty rankings. to sixty, forty to sixty ish. Then um, it's way worse because I don't think that they're going to get that like next level godly burst that you sometimes see from like Central American um, and Caribbean teams when they play the U.S. Yeah, the, the, if, there's not that like, like that sense and sensibility of like we need to win this game. Oman is right next to El Salvador. Oh yeah. So there you go. And rankings, we, not in geography. I know that. Like a, a, a team we absolutely could lose to on the road and would never lose to at home unless something sure happened. Could. Yep. Um, you know, so like I, you know, again, like I'm not, I'm not overwhelmingly upset that we're taking this seriously, but like I'm also not like gonna lose my mind over our third or second or third keeper not being here. Um, but that brings us to Brett brings us to our um our our defender. So let's talk about fullbacks first. Um Serginho Dest, Jedi Robinson, Joe Scally, those are all sort of great. Like I'm I'm really glad Scally's here. Um because mm-hmm. obviously there was that there was some rumors about him being hashtag team geo. And you, you know, you don't want Burhalter to sort of completely alienate people. So I'm I'm glad Scally's here. Um, because he is, I think, very clearly the backup at both spots. Um, but we have another, what, like the 15th debut uh, uh, option at left back in Christopher Lund. Um, were you going to say debutants? Where were you going with that? Yeah. Well, yeah. he's going to debut for the – for the. Oh, um, uh, okay. That's less funny. Yeah, sorry. He, um, do you know he, anything about him prior to today? I mean, is is his level any higher than Sam Vines? Like, he's a new right? He's a John Tolkien. I I actually would have preferred probably over him. But like, he's yes, we need depth, but he's like depth in the the same tier of player that we actually kind of have a lot of depth at now, and that's not the depth that wins you a knockout game at the World Cup. I mean, maybe is, wait, the group stage. is it fair to say he's in the same tier, though? He's playing in Serie B, and he was involved in Denmark's uh, youth program. Not heavily, but I would think he would be uh, more than Tolkien. I mean, Tolkien's, play, Tolkien, no. Tolkien's playing in, in... You think Serie B is better than MLS? Yes. He's a Euro snob. Um, not, no, not close. <laughs> unless, unless Inter Miami is playing in the game. Yes. Yes, I do. No. Um, so, so I, I, I think that like my view of this is that, um, this, this is, this is what Greg Berhalter is telling you is that he has no idea. Like, I don't know. Who's, who's our backup left back? You, George Bell, John Tolkien, Sam Vines. That's what I mean. Dwan Murray he, he, or Dwan Jones. He, Who cares? He feels like the exact same profile and type of player. As every other do, like Sam Vines was like pretty decent in MLS, and then he went over to wherever the hell he is in Belgium, and he's like kind of got hurt, kind of did okay, but I could see him easily washing out the Serie B. Like I don't know, I hope that he does well. He's 21 years old. That's like the biggest thing he has going for him. But but also okay, 
So I will say, though, that I think that, number one, Kevin is right. According to uh, the global football rankings, uh, Serie B significantly worse than MLS. Would not have guessed that. Uh, number two, I do kind of like the fact that, and we talk about this on the podcast a lot, like these games are don't truly matter. Yeah, we need to get minutes, but if you want to throw a Christopher Lund at the wall to see if he sticks, now's the time to do it. Not when we're in qualifying or not when we're in the gold cup trying to advance, like see what you got. If he can stick as, I guess best, I mean, best case scenario is that he, you know, unlock something that he can play with our center backs better, but really you're just looking for, we're really just looking for depth at either back position. Right. And, and my, my view of this is like, I think that, and, and obviously I, I have my, my bias here, but like, I think we've established a floor of backup left back that I'm, I'm sort mm-hmm. of okay with, with Dewan Jones. Like we saw that in the gold cup. It's fine. It's fine. It's not going to win you games, but it's probably not going to lose you games. It's fine. So now if the, if the goal is like, okay, screw it. See what we got elsewhere. Then like, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, and that brings me to the other nominal fullback here. I, I, I guess he's listed here, but I don't, I don't necessarily buy that. Kevin Paredes being a listed as a fullback. Yeah. I, I, weird. I don't really buy weird. that. Weird. Um, like at, at best, he's a wing back, but like yeah. he's, a, he's a, he's a winger. Um, but, but there, like, look, there, like whatever. There could be a, a, he's still only 20. I mean, I bet you there were stretches since Gino Dest's life where he thought that he was going to be a right wing. I, he like, played right wing it, for Barcelona a few times, yeah. Right. So, like, for Paredes, like, yeah, okay, right now he's playing a lot of right wing, but if it turns out that in two years, hey, you just can't quite get to that, like, I don't know, it seems like it's easier as an American for whatever, like, the physical and developmental biases are that we have that um, you just you just move further and further back towards your own goal. Hey, you're not quite tech, technical enough to, like, be, like, a winger. You're not good enough going forward. But if you run really hard and you can, like, mentally stay in the game and defend – like we can get you on the field. You're you're more than good enough at the kicking the ball part to play right back. We just need you there with like the. <laughs> but we're not talking about Cade Cowell yet. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and Veritas weighs about as much as the office chair that I'm sitting in right now. So like he's gonna have his own challenges having to try to defend. I, I don't. know. It's weird. Is it like Wait. you know? Go ahead, did sorry. we not? Do we not want to call it more forwards than midfielders? Is this just like a numbers thing? I mean, like three, nine, six, six, uh, all all divisible by three. Like, goddamn, if we had made if we had seven forwards, I would have lost. No, them all. no, so, no, no. You can't do that. Can't do that. I'm, I'm actually um, fine with with it for that reason alone. Um. So, so I, I think I'm I'm excited for Paredes. I like Paredes because I like attacking fullbacks. Um. Mm-hmm. And if and if he turns into someone, and again, like you're sort of projecting this out a couple of years. And it's like if he can turn into our a, a backup or challenging level fullback for either you know either on the right or the left, like great, cool, that's awesome. Same with Caleb Wiley. I see them as the same sort of same level. So fine. Um, our center backs are I, I don't think all that interesting. Um, I, I I think that it's four guys who if you if you had given us five guesses at four, we would have gotten all four. Um, you know, no Walker Zimmerman, and yes, Mark McKenzie is interesting, I guess. But beyond that, it's precisely who you think it would be. Um, well, Nashville's had a lot of game because they were playing in the 
both the Cubs, right? I mean, that that, that also rings kind of hollow because we brought in two inner Miami guys, but Nationals had a lot of games recently. Maybe Walker just asked for a little bit of a break. Yeah, it's possible. Um, but but I I, I think ultimately here, he is old. He is old. But it would be interesting if it turns out that that's actually this is just moving on. Um, with yeah, Wayne here, that, like, that might be it. Might be moving on. It might not. I don't know. But McKenzie being brought in, if McKenzie is the fourth or fifth center back, depending on, again, how you feel about Walker Zimmerman, um, I think that's interesting. And I think that it shows, um, for better or worse, uh, Greg has always really liked Mark McKenzie. I'm not mm. entirely certain why, but he's he's relied on Mark McKenzie in games that, that he needed dog. to win. He's a um, dog. He is a dog. He also has a great podcast. Um, not that there are other soccer podcasts, but... Um, I'm not stealing he, that bit. <laughs> he plays a lot for Genk. He plays a lot for a team that plays a like high level ish. Um, right. Like they're yeah. they're always in Europe. Exactly. Um, so so if, yeah. if our if our floor for center back is moving from, um, well no 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 the floor for center back is moving from hey. Although I guess maybe ceiling, given the fact that Zimmerman started at the World Cup. I'm sorry. Class. The quote is the the floor is the roof. I fucked that up. That's on me. Floor is the roof. Ah, um, ceiling is the roof. Um, yeah. If, I, I, and, if, and, we're, if we're moving past that, awesome. If, yeah. if if it's gonna be hey, it's guys who are playing in Europa League. It's guys who are playing on either big five leagues or in playing in the top three or four teams in like the next tier of Europe. Sweet. Can we call it group of five? That. Can we call the next five the group of five? I, I think so. I, who who that group of five is? We we could have it its own pod. I think on, but, I think yeah. it's it's probably what Portugal, Belgium, Netherlands, um, Turkey, Tur- uh, Scotland. Turkey goes up and do- Turkey goes up and down on it. Scotland. I think that, the the top stop of Scotland is better, but I think that Turkey like three through eight is probably way better than Scotland. Yeah. Um, and I then, like, don't, people, we'll call group of the three. Swiss League. I yeah. don't know. You, you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. It, We're going to call it group of three plus, which is uh, Netherlands, Belgium, Portugal, and then the top two teams in every other league. That, that's that what we I'm care it's, less, it's less about the league and more about the where they play in Europe. Like, their Europa League championship? Yeah, it, sure. It depends. It depends on the player. So I feel like yeah. if, we, if we sent all of our players to the championship, we would actually regress as a team because, like, it's it, that's that is like it's just high level smash and grab a lot of the time. I don't it's, know, maybe it's, I'm being it's, a snob about it. It's, the, the aesthetics are not great, but yeah. So it's it's Chris Richards, Tim Ream, Miles Robinson, Mark McKenzie. Um, Miles is moving on as soon as he possibly can. He's made that very clear. Um, Chris Richards played in uh, EFL Cup. He's still a backup at Palace. Reem plays literally every game that he possibly can at Fulham um, next to Jedi. It is what it is. Um, and, and McKenzie we talked about. So let's talk about the, the, the midfielders. Um, the top two who, you know, were, who you knew were going to be here are here. Um, McKenny and Musa are here. I don't know what position they play. I don't know what formation we're playing. Um, if, if Burhalter believes in the double pivot awesome that means McKenny and Musa are next to each other if we're playing with with a, a six I have no idea who that person is it's everyone keeps saying it's Johnny Cardoso but I don't think it's Johnny Cardoso <laughs> I don't think it's Johnny Cardoso no um I I, I 
There's so, one so let's player go through it. in this it's, pool who can be a six. And, and he's, he's not hurt. on the roster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so Tyler, Tyler continues to be hurt. Um, but so the other names are Johnny Cardoso, Luca De La Torre, Malik Tillman, and Benjamin uh, Kramoski. So first things first, if Tillman indicates that we are going with the 4-2-3-1, or at least the, the Berhalterian version of that, which is having a very slight eight on one of the sides, um, like made up. He he did uh you know he did that with Brendan Aronson, um, I I think that that's good. Um, I think Kramaski is a recruiting thing because Argentina. I don't think that Argentina wants him, but I think that they wouldn't mind if he were sort of on the hook. Um, like like it's like that that how I met your mother thing. Like Benjamin, we are not calling you up right Dude, now. I, I'm serious. I. I Kermaski even more than Calendar. I feel I feel like this is a the U.S. men's national team, the U.S. Soccer Federation trying to cash in on eyeballs from the Inter Miami Messi circus right now because everyone who's watching Miami and only Miami and only reads about Miami just heard that this kid who's even sweeter, like a dual national with Argentina, is in this roster. I don't know. I think it's like a I don't even think it's a predatory cap. I think this is almost like marketing where for the first time in history, the USSF is trying to leverage and steal some of the glory from MLS. Whereas through all of history, it's been the other way around where people get pissed at MLS players getting crammed into the men's national team. That's just my hot take. Uh, I don't think that's that hot of a take. I mean, I think that that, that there are a lot of reasons that it could be something else, but um I think I think ultimately what we're talking about here is a question of you know who who else would you have necessarily wanted to be our fourth eight here or our fifth eight from MLS from anywhere right like it's like we all really like Tanner Tessman but like yeah I I saw Noel Buck his him uh, I think he's going to get called up for the Olympics. One of the Philly kids, which probably is also another Olympic yeah. call-up. I, I knew who Benji Kramashki was last year. Like, I'd heard of him. Right. I had, But he wasn't this, like, oh, my God, can't miss a dude playing for Inter-Miami. Everyone's looked good on Inter-Miami. It's easy when all of a sudden you, you get to play in the midfield with Busquets and, like, you have the gravity of the greatest player ever to play yeah. the game and who still may be, like, a, I don't know, is it safe to say he's still like a top 10 player in the world? I, I feel uh, like at the World Cup not that long ago, he was probably still the best in the world. I, I think the thing is... is Amber Mbappe, the, yeah. yeah the, the name on the back still says Messi. And like, it, it, it reminds it. me... Like, it reminds me of like Jordan in Washington. Like, he wasn't Michael Jordan anymore, but like, you still had to freaking guard him because he was Michael freaking Jordan. And yeah, so like... I and so, like Washington the draft, Jordan was way more washed than Messi is right uh, now. Go back and look. He wasn't as washed as you remember. He was scoring like 20, 20 a game. Yeah. Oh, okay. He yeah, just bro. he just wasn't dunking on folks. He, he and he, he wasn't like, playing as much defense. Okay. Well, is Messi the okay? But is Messi one of the ten best players in the world still? Like today? Yeah. Okay. So having someone like that on the field, like, I don't know, dude, I'd be able to operate in space in a midfield with like those dudes around me. So I, we'll see. I'm just saying I, it's a marketing call up or something else. I, I don't think that he 
on his own merits. If they had signed anyone other than Messi, like I don't think he'd be here. But happy for him. Yeah, no, no, he's no, living no. the dream. Yeah, good for him. Um, but I, 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 I hear you. I hear you. Um, Luca Della Torre, I think, is is a um, is a name that we 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 don't talk about all that much, sort of on this podcast. But I think that it's it's good to see him. The more we see him, the more we know who or what he is. Um, mm-hmm. As for as for Till Johnny Cardoso, I I, I don't get it. I, I deeply don't get it. Um, I I keep being wrong about him being done with us, but he keeps showing up. Um, and Malik Tillman hasn't played much for PSV, um, which is a little bit concerning, but it is what it is. Um, so I think the 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 other name to to note here uh, is um, oh well right. So we already we already sort of talked about Weston and, and Musa. Um, they're really good. They when Musa played for AC Milan, oh. he dribbled in the middle, you know, mm-hmm. through the middle of the field because he's Yunus Musa. And he, Weston he McKinney is stuff. right. And Weston McKinney is playing like 15 minutes a game for Juventus off the bench. Uh, it's fine. Um, so subbing for Wea, oddly enough. Subbing for Wea usually. Um, so let's talk about the uh, the forwards. So uh, wingers first. You have uh, Pulisic and Wea, Aronson and Cowell. So I want to talk about Cowell first because I am I am I am I'm not leading the Cade Cowell bandwagon, but um, I've definitely been on for a while because I am a football fan, and when I see a dude who moves like that. <laughs> I'm like, hell yeah, sign him up. You can teach him to catch down the road. I don't give a shit. Get him. Um, like, like I'm like the the Moneyball scouts, right? Like in in the movie where it's like, he's got a, got a football body type of guy. Dude, type we... of guy enters the room. His dick's been here for five minutes. Imagine if Americans played a sport where instead of kicking it with your foot, you could just hand them the ball and tell them to run with it. He would be I mean, really good. He would probably be really. He would probably be really good at that game. <laughs> he'd be um, so good. He'd be so good. Um, <laughs> but I, I think um, I'm I'm excited about him because again, like I think like a lot of what my view of backups is is like, do they do something different than the main guy? Um, and I cannot think of a different left winger to Christian Pulisic than Cade Cowell. Like mm. when you talk about Cade Cowell or when you talk about Christian Pulisic, it's like, ah, uh, is he really a 10? Is he really, you know, is he really someone who, who, who should be in the middle of the field operating in space? And with Cowell, it's like, just fucking put him on the outside and let him run. <laughs> I don't just let him run past folks. Um, but Aronson, Aronson, uh, being here, um, again, I really like Brendan Aronson. Um, so I, I love that he's, he's sort of still part of the, the, the setup and, I don't think anything needs to be say, said about Christian Pulisic and Tim Weah. They're very, very good at soccer. Agreed. The, I, how has Aronson been at Union Berlin? Is that, I uh, thought I saw he played him for some, he played for twenty minutes the other day, got a red card, and that was that. I, I saw that. I thought that the, there was was this still that same game? I thought I saw him in some like good like attacking sequences, but then doing like the two dumbest yellows I've ever seen in my entire life. Yep. So same game. Okay. All right. All right, yep, yep, yep. Um, oh, um, although I do want to say, while we're on the subject of Brendan Aronson, shout out to Leeds, um, because it was the Americans' fault that you lost to a League Two team. The fourth oh, division. Yeah. It uh, was the Americans' delicious. fault. It was the Americans' fault, Leeds fans. Um, it always will be. 
So, you know, sorry about that. It's it's our fault that you guys are incompetent. Um, so w- one thing I want to say on the forwards is it, we spent however much time at the beginning of this talking about the Reina dysfunction and having to, to, to hold hands and, and be friends again. I mean, here's Pepe's here with like very little like fanfare, Like there. Well, we weren't, we weren't, we were going to talk about the, the center forward later, but yeah, the uh, other, the oh, center sorry. forwards here are Balogun and Ricardo Pepe. <laughs> Um, My bad, bro. Pro- professional podcast. Um, <laughs> What's a podcast? Um, this is recording. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, no, but you bring up a good point that, like, that probably sounds stupid. <laughs> like, like you, 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 you bring up a good point, um, and one that that I think is is important is that, like, for all of the bullshit surrounding Gio Reyna, like Ricardo Pepe also really hated Greg Berhalter, um, and. Um, and the reality is, is that here he, like, he's back. He, he, the first time that he could have been, um, called up by, by Berhalter, he was. Um, that's not nothing. Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't know if there's more to say about it that, other than that, but like, I, I love it. I, he's not integrating as quickly at PSV as I was hoping. And, and maybe there is just a, 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 an issue where he's still, young and has to develop and PSV is now beating Rangers I think five to one they're burying them right now so like it's a good team it's better than Augsburg um so I I don't know for all of the hand-wringing for years I'm like oh my god who's going to be the nine like ever since Josie's hamstring gave away back in 2014 like we really haven't had a show Malik Tillman just got in I saw that too yay I, but I have not watched any of Balogun other than three highlights and the little bit I saw of him on the men's national team. Hey, when he touches the ball and the speed that he he makes decisions and the speed of his movement and play is so much faster than like anyone else that I've seen in that play the nine for us in so long. Like. I, even if the dude like kicked the ball over the the net like out of the stadium like eight times in a row, I'd be like, screw it, Just keep doing it. It's clearly inside of him. Do it, do it, do it a tenth time. Let's go. Right, like it, it's whereas like Ferreira with his like horrible lack of finishing, like there's he keeps popping up in good spots and like yeah, he can like play like a sneaky pass here or there, but like the eye test does matter. And like I don't know, Balogun. Maybe I'll be totally wrong, but I remember watching that day and just being like, Jesus Christ, like this is this is this is maybe the biggest the most important like dual national that we've won of like the multiple dual nationals that have been immensely important for us. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm super stoked to see him. Um yeah, I mean I I I totally agree. Um I think that happy being the backup, especially since Sergeant is hurt, is is good. I'm happy with it. Um, mm-hmm. really, really no problems. Um, no do you problems think that if, if Sergeant was not hurt, that we would have tried to find a way to call in three strikers and drop someone else? Well, let's go through that. Let's, let's, let's do the, uh, let's, let's go through the exercise. Who, who would you have dropped if Sergeant was healthy? Uh, Jenny Cardoso oh. and just, no, I, I think that, all right, probably. I don't know on merits. Is Kyle, is Kyle worse than Johnny? I don't think, no. I'm not saying, I'm, are, are we asking me or who I think that Greg would have? I think Greg would have dropped Kyle and brought Sergeant. 
okay. If, yeah. if you're trying to play, do that. Yeah. I just don't. If it's Kevin's decision, I just have no interest in playing a single six if it's not Tyler Adams. So at that point, I feel like Cardoso, to me on this roster, is just wasted. I'd rather you just have some amoeba of the other five midfielders and maybe pull Brendan Aronson in centrally if you want to and just, like, let him kick the ball around. And then have – I don't know. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm just I'm just holding out hope, I think, on Sargent, maybe, maybe naively. I don't know. He was pumping in goals before he got hurt. Like, he was. Quite well. He he has been, and like, it'd be weird if if he actually like makes good. And, and when I say makes good, like maybe he he's a really good championship striker, which is like a good way to make a living. Or or maybe he ends up in one of the three plus top two team kind of situations. Yeah, in Europe. But at this point now, it's like okay, wait, no, but that's that's where he may end his end up at his level. Whereas now we're looking at that as like that's the launching pad for. Pepe or Balogun, what he was doing last year in France. We're like, I wonder if the pool might actually just kind of pass the guy by at a certain point where he did well, but I don't know. Can only carry so many dudes. Well, I think the thing is with Sargent is that the moment that Balogun committed, his ceiling became number two, right? And mm-hmm. so like, it's, it's, it's a really, really crowded who's number two here. Um, you know, like we, we've listed the guys in a number of times, but you know, Pepe, Ferreira, Sargent, DK, uh, PFOC, um, you know, any Vasquez. number Vasquez, uh, you know, any number of children who, who will pop up, you know, Duncan McGuire or whatever. Um, like there, there's, there's a number of options here. You know, Haji Wright is scoring goals in the championship right now. Um, so like it, it, it becomes a question of, you know, is is he going to be that much better than everybody else that he's going to be the you know window in window out number two um whereas before it was okay he could be anywhere one to three and you'd feel good about him being there um you know i think now it's it's a little bit different um you know but for him i I think that he's he he still is a lot better than everybody else as far as i'm concerned um (laughs) but we'll see we'll we'll see um, I think all in all, this is given given the the injuries that that are sort of set up the situation. I think this is about as good of a a lineup as we we could have hoped for, or a roster as we could have hoped for. Um, who who are sort of the uh, the snubs from your point of view, or or were there any? I I can't. Yeah, maybe there's not a ton like you're splitting hairs. It's it's. Well, that's the thing is that like you can go through this and you say, okay, uh, Jesus Ferreira. Right, but I don't think that I don't think one of the Philly guys. Yeah, yeah, one of one of the Philly guys. Tolkien maybe actually has probably like the the. I think he may have like the biggest scrape out of anyone. Um, but that's just me. He keeps popping up too on uh on my like thought mob is like player you know like man of the match performances I, which is weird also for like a right back you don't see that very often so I, I don't yeah. know I think he's probably probably the snub if there's any but like I said but, it's like but that's what we're talking about here 
that's that's yeah. that's what we're, we're we're talking about like really like a low level of um of who we're missing so that's that's yeah. pretty exciting I, I think all in all i'm i'm excited about this sort of friendly window such as it is and um yeah i think we've i think we've mentioned everybody who has legitimate gripe about not being here this during the course of this episode and discussed you know why we thought they weren't here so i don't think we really missed anybody during that conversation yeah so okay very good uh anything else anybody wants to talk about soccer related everton was losing to the last place team in league two for half an hour today that's very funny oh they ended up winning that's unfortunate well it's not oh they it just went final yeah, uh, let's see. Nottingham Forest, lost, Sheffield United lost to Lincoln, Red Imps. Yeah, uh, sure. Blackburn beat Harrogate Town by eight, which feels like a lot. Um, and uh, notably, um, by the time, dear listener, you are listening to this, probably, because I'm probably not going to get this up when we record it, um, there's American football tonight. Minnesota and Nebraska. Enjoy. Or you can watch Utah, Florida, like a normal person. There it is. There it is. <laughs> but you know, some like, of us. Why would you do that? Some of us want to watch Big Ten games. Um, you can find my co-host. You can find Kevin uh, at Kev underscore Kukowski. None of you have found him on Reddit. Please find him. Uh, wait, you can... Do you think? Wait, 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 wait. Do you think that Utah, Florida, is not a Big Ten game? This iteration of Florida. Yeah, that's fair. Spiritually, but not legally. And what is why? the Big Ten but a legalistic nothing technicality? Um, you can find, for more quasi-legal uh, explanations of things, you can find uh, <laughs> Greg at uh, Mr. Rising 89 You can find me at Dimes Esquire. I'm not usually there. I'm usually on the main account, TLSTDS. Um, please uh, like, subscribe, share. You can find us on Blue Sky, TLSTDS. Um, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your local uh, Inter-Miami fan, because Ben Kromoski's here and Drake Callender's here. The Calendar Man. Look up The, ho- uh, the Long Halloween. It's a really, really good uh, graphic novel. It's the basis for The Dark Knight. Um, calendar man is the villain um anyways uh special thank you to our sponsors fifth workforce management group whoever blue airsides put in um the other one bird dogs there it is uh obviously dear listener uh we couldn't and wouldn't do this without you so thank you so much and we will see you next time Podcast Network.